Hello and welcome to a brand new season of More. Join me and my guests as we read the second book in the Hunger Games series, Catching Fire. I'm super excited and I can't wait to read some more of the series. So let's get started, shall we? Hello and welcome to another episode of More. I have a new guest today. I'm not a new guest. Okay, not a new guest, but like new to the season. Yes, new season. New season. Episode two. Episode two. So if you listen last time, well, like I haven't posted yet, but I will post it okay. soon. <laughs> we only got through the first three pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think we had a little too much chit chat. Too much chit chat. That's not a bad thing. But yeah, so I actually have the regular print edition of the book, not big print. Not big print. No. So it's unfortunately. Print. I know, unfortunately. It's okay. We're going to have fun with this one. So we're now starting on page six. <laughs> page six. So listen up, listen carefully. Um, Let's start the book. Listen carefully. <laughs> no, I'm thinking like Blue Wonka, like, listen up. No, wait, scratch that. You scratch know? that. Reverse it. Yeah, scratch that. Reverse it. I am not too shy. It's not. It's Tillamy Shillamy. Tillamy Shillamy? <laughs> Perfect. Tillamy Shillamy. Why is it Tillamy Shillamy? Because it's funnier that way. I like that. Okay. I'm not Tillamy Shillamy, you know. I'm a different person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I get a good haul from the traps. Eight rabbits, two squirrels, and a beaver that swam into a wire contraption. Gale designed himself. Something of a whiz, and sp- he's nothing with a snare, rigging them up to bent saplings so they can pull the <laughs> Oh, goodness. This is going to be a long podcast. (laughs) So they pull uh, the kill out of their reach of predators, balancing logs on delicate stick triggers, weaving inescapable baskets to capture fish. As I go along, carefully resetting each snare, I know I can never quite replicate his eye for balance. His instincts for where the prey will cross the path. It's more than experience. It's a natural gift. Like the way I can shoot an animal in almost complete dark and still take it down with one arrow. By the time I take it back to the fence that surrounds stick 12, the sun is well up. As always, I listen a moment, but there's no telltale hum of the electric current running through the chain link. There hardly ever is, even though the thing is supposed to be charged full time. I wriggle through the opening at the bottom of the fence and come up in the meadow, just a stone's throw from my home, my old home. Still get to keep it since it's officially is the designated dwelling of my mother and sister. I should drop dead right now, they would have to return it. But as a present, they're both happily installed in the new house at the Victor's Village. I'm the only one who uses the squat place where I was raised. To me, it's my real home. I go there now to switch my clothes, exchange my father's old leather jacket for a fine wool coat that always seems too tight on the shoulders, leave my soft, worn hunting boots for a pair of expensive, machine-made shoes that unless some other things are more appropriate for some of my status. I've already stood my bow and arrows in the hollow in the log. Although time has taken me away, I allow myself a few minutes to sit in the kitchen. It has an abandoned quality with no fire in the herd, no cloth on the table. I mourn my old life here. We barely scraped by, but I knew where I fit in. I knew where I played was in the tightly interwoven fabric that was our life. I wish I could go back to it because in retrospect, it seems so secure compared to now, when I am so rich and so famous and so hated by the authorities in the Capitol. A wailing at the back door demands my attention. I open up to find Buttercup, prim and scruffy old Tomcat. He dislikes the new house almost as much as I do and always leaves it when my sister's at school. We never have we never have been particularly fond of each other, but until we have ooh, but now we have this new bond. I let him in, feed him a chunk of beer fat, and even rub him between the ears for a bit. You're hideous, you know that? <laughs> L-O-L. Katniss has no chill. Hates this. She hates this cat. Mm-mm. Sorry, Buttercup. Sorry, Buttercup, man. I ask him. Buttercup nudges my hand for more petting, but we have to go. Come on, you. I scoop him up with one hand and grab my game with the other, and haul them both on the street. Cat springs free and disappears under a bush. The shoes pinch my shoes. <laughs> the shoes pinch my shoes. <laughs> 
pinch my toes. Please pinch my toes. Pinch my toes. Uh, leave me alone. Anyway. <laughs> I know. I was reading it too fast. That's my problem. Yes. The shoes pinch my toes as I crunch along the cinder street. Cutting down alleys and three backyards gets me to Gail's house in minutes. His mother, Hazel. Hazel, eh? Hazel, eh? Hazel. 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 Is the East Island? It she like, doesn't really exist in the movie. Oh, she doesn't exist. Well, she like ex- like she oh, has a mom, but oh, like they don't. Talk they don't about talk about her. her. We no. don't talk about Hazel. Well, well, well. What was Hazel? Hazel? I don't know. I you think, pick. Okay, Hazel. Okay, Hazel. <laughs> the most complicated way to say it, of course. <laughs> Just I'm pronouncing all the letters so there's an extra e at the end. Hazel. 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 Yes. Sees me through the window where she's bent over the kitchen sink. She drives her hand on her aprons and disappears me at the door. I like his alley. Respect her. The explosion that killed my father took out her husband as well, leaving her with three boys and a baby due in any day. Less than a week after she gave birth, she was out hunting the street for work. The mines were an option with a baby to look after, but she managed to get laundry for some of the merchants in town. At 14, Gail, the eldest of the children, uh, became the main supporter of the family. He was already signed up for Tesserae, which entitled him to a meager supply of grain and oil in exchange for his entering his name uh, extra times in the draw to become a tribute. On top of that, even back then, he was a skilled chopper, but it wasn't enough to keep a family of five without his LA working her fingers to the bone on that washboard. In winter, her hands got so red and cracked they bled at the slightest provocation. 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 What? Slightest provocation? 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 Like at the slightest time. At the slightest provocation. 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 Still, would it, would it, whoa. Still would, still would if it, still, if would it, if. (laughs) Still would if it, still would. Still would if it wasn't. That makes sense. (laughs) Still would if it wasn't. Still would. Still would if it wasn't. Still would if it wasn't for a sap. Oh, like like they would crack, but still would if it wasn't for myself. My mother concocted. Oh, I see. I'm just they like, would still do that. Oh, they would still. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm it is like still would if it wasn't. Come on, Suzanne. We're doing this again <laughs> in this book, please. Like it's it's tough for me, you know, reading this. It's making it really hard for you. It is. It's read, okay though. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best though. <laughs> Where yeah. uh, with a slave and another concocted, but the way <laughs> solve. Sorry, slave my mother. Sorry, I've This is not a good look for me. Please, it's solve. I just said it wrong. Okay, don't listen to me anymore. But do because the podcast. You can't do anything else but listen to me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Solve. Mm-hmm. My mother concocted. But they were determined. He's Ellie and Gail and the other boys. 12-year-old Rory and 10-year-old Vicky and the baby, 4 years old Posey. Posey? Posey. Why would you name a kid Posey? Posey Posey. No. Just name a Rosie or something like that. Okay. Yeah, Rory, Vic, and Posey. Mm-hmm. Rory. trying to think of like the name combined. You know how there's like Furry? Chris and Fur or something? Like Christopher, yeah, or like Aliens. You've never seen Gilmore Girls? No, I've never. Seen, oh no, I have seen Gilmore Girls. Free. No, it's the main character's name. Well, Rory's fine. Yeah, no, Rory's okay. fine. It's Posey. I have Posey. a problem. Well, it's like Ring Around the Rosie, Bucket Full of Posey. I think it's like plants. Posey. Yeah. 
Because it's like, her name is Katniss. Yeah. And you're concerned about Posey. Because <laughs> <laughs> Katniss sounds better, I guess. Posey mm-hmm. sounds like a nickname. It's a baby. Well, it's not going to be a baby for long. <laughs> for long. It's going to be a child of it. <laughs> it's not going to be a baby, not gonna be a baby for, for long. long. Yes. Okay. We'll never, have to, no, we'll never have to sign up for Tessa Ray. His Ellie smiles when she sees the game. She takes the beer by the tail, feeling it's great. He's going to make a nice stew. Unlike Gail, she has no problem with her hunting arrangement. Good pelt, too, I answer. It's comforting here with Hazeli, weighing the merits of the game, just as we always have. She pours me a mug of herbal tea, which I wrap my chilled fingers around gratefully. You know, when I get back from the tour, I was thinking I might take Rory out with me sometimes. After school, teach him how to shoot. Zelly nods. That'd be good. Gail means to, but he's only got his Sundays. I think he likes saving those for you. Can't stop the redness that floods my cheeks. Mm. Anyway, it's stupid, of course. Hardly any, hardly anybody knows me better than Hazeli. Knows the bond I share with Gail. I'm sure plenty of people assume that we'd eventually get married if I never gave it any thought. That was before the game. Before my fellow trivia, Pita Malark. Pita Malark announced he was madly in love with me. Our romance became a key strategy for survival in the arena. Well, it wasn't a strategy for Pita. I'm not sure what it was for me, but I know now it was nothing but painful for Gail. My chest tightens as I think about how on the victory tour, Pita and I will have to present ourselves as lovers again. I got my tea, even though it's too hot, and pushed back from the table. Better get going. Make myself presentable for the cameras. His Ellie hugs me. Enjoy the food. Absolutely, I say. My next stop is the hall, where I'm traditionally done the bulk of my trading. Years ago, with a warehouse to store coal, when it fell into disuse, it became a meeting place for illegal trade, then blossomed to a full-time black market. If it attract, if it if it attracts a somewhat criminal element, I belong here. I guess hunting in the woods surrounding District Twelve violates at least a dozen laws and is punishable by death. Earlier, mention it. I owe the people who frequent the hall. Gail told me the greasy say the old woman who served me up soup started a collection to sponsor Pita and me during the games. It was supposed to be just a hob thing, but a lot of people heard about it and chipped in. I don't know exactly how much it was, and the price of any gift arena was exorbitant. But for all I know, it made a difference in my life and death. It's a little odd to drag open the front door with an empty game bag. Then they trade, and it does feel like the heavy pockets of corns on my hip. I tried to hit as many stalls as possible, spraying on my purchases of coffee, uh, buns, eggs, yarn, and oil. As an afterthought, I buy three bottles of white liquor from a one-armed woman named Ripper, a victim of a mine accident who was smart enough to find a way to stay alive. The liquor isn't for my family. It's for Hamish, who acted as mentor for Peta and me in the games. He's still a drunk? Yeah. <sighs> Come on. You think he just became not an addict? Yeah. You know, I thought he just stopped. He just sobered up? Mm-hmm. Why would he do that? Because he helped them win, and now he has more people to share his woes and his trauma and his, like... And you think he's actually just going to do that now? Well, yeah. No. Okay. Well... He's a man. He's a man. He doesn't share his feelings. Oh, poor boy. Poor guy. Poor guy. Poor, poor Hamish. <clears throat> he's surly, violent, and drunk most of the time, but he did his job, uh, more than his job, because for the first time in his history... Two tributes were allowed to win, so no matter who Hamish is, I owe him two. And that's for always. I'm getting the white liquor because a few weeks ago he ran out and there was a none for sale, and he had a withdrawal, shaking and screaming at ter- as a terrifying thing that only he could see. He scared Prim to death, and frankly, it wasn't much fun for me to see him like that either. Ever since then, I've been sort of stockpiling stuff just in case of shortage again. Cray, our head peacekeeper, frowns when he sees me with the bottles. He's an old man with a few strands of silver comb sideways above his bright red face. That stuff's too strong for you, girl. He's, he should know. Next to Hamish, Cray drinks more than anyone I've ever met. Uh, my mother uses it in medicine, I'm saying differently. Well, it'd kill, I'd kill just about any... Well, what it, well, well, it'd kill just about anything, he says, and slaps down a coin for a bottle. 
When I reach Greasy Say's stall, I boot myself up to sit on the counter and order some soup, which looks to be some kind of gourd and bean mixture. Peacekeeper named Darius comes and buys a bowl while I'm eating. As law and fortress go, he's one of my favorite. Never really throwing his weight around, really good for a, good for a joke. He's probably in his 20s, but he doesn't seem much older than I do. Sometimes Something about his smile, his red hair that sticks out in every way, which gives him a boyish quality. Aren't you supposed to be on a train, he asked me. Neglecting me at noon, I answered. Shouldn't you look better, he said in a loud whisper. I can't help but smiling at his teasing in spite of my mood. Maybe a ribbon in your hair or something. He flicks my braid with his hand and I brush him away. Don't worry, by the time I get, they'll be through with me, I'll be unrecognizable, I say. Good, he says. Let, let's show a little district pride for change with Miss Everdeen. Hmm? Shakes his head as Greasy say in mock approval and walks off to join his friends. I want that bowl back, Greasy say called after him, but since she's laughing, she doesn't sound particularly stern. Still gonna see you off, she asks me. No, he wasn't on the list, I say. Saw him Sunday, though. Think he'd have, I, ooh, think he'd have made the list. Him being your cousin and all. Cousin? Um, mm -hmm. they're cousins? They're not cousins, are they? Keep reading. I can't support cousins. Why? I didn't know this, okay? For reference, I didn't know this. I didn't know. Okay, let's continue. It's just one more part of the lot the Capitol has concocted. When Peter and I made it to the final eight in the Hunger Games, they sent reporters to do personal stories directing them to Gale. But it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't do with the Romans I was playing out with the arena to have my best friend be Gale. He was too handsome, too male, and not the least bit willing to smile and play nice for the cameras. We do resemble each other, though, quite a bit. We have the same seam look. What does that mean? You're both dirty? That was, yeah. that was what she said. You're both dirty? Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Dark, straight hair, olive skin, gray eyes. Some genius made up made him be my cousin. I didn't know about it until we were ready home on the platform at the train station. My, my mother said, your cousins can hardly wait to see you. And I turned and saw Gail and his LA and all the kids waiting for me. So what could I do but go along? Gracie said knows we're not related, but even some of the people who have known for years seem to have forgotten. I just can't wait for the whole thing to be over, I whisper. I know, says Greasy Say, but you've got to go through it to the end. Better not be late. A light snow starts to fall and I make my way to the Victor village. About a half mile off from the square in the center of town, but it seems like another world entirely. The separate community built by a beautiful, around a beautiful green dotted, <laughs> built around a beautiful green dotted with flowering bushes. There we go. There, go. there are 12 houses each, large enough to hold 10 of the one I was raised in. Nine stand empty, as they always have, but three belong in use to Hamish, Peta, and me. The house inhabited by my family and Peta gives off a warm glow of light. Lit windows, smoke from the chimneys, bunch of brightly colored corn affixed to the front doors, a decoration for the upcoming Harvest Festival. However, Hamish's house desires the caretaking by groundkeepers. It, looks, it eludes an air of abandonment and neglect. I raise myself at his door, knowing it will be foul, then push inside. My nose immediately wrinkles in disgust. Hamish refuses to let anybody in to clean and does a poor job himself. Over the years, the odors of liquor, 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 Liqueur, liquor, liqueur, and vomit. <laughs> Boiled cabbage and burnt meat, unwashed clothes, and mouse drop and have intermixed into a stance that brings tears to my eyes. And he lives in this place? Yeah. Goodness gracious. Hey, Mitch, like, take care of yourself, buddy. Or I guess he's not <laughs> taking care of himself. That's, That's not great. Come on, hey, Mitch. Do better. Do better. Do, Do better, hey, Mitch. <clears throat> okay, I'll finish this page and I think we're done for today. Uh, I wait to litter, discarded wrappings, broken glass, and bones to where I, find, where I know I will find Hamish. He sits on the kitchen table, his arms sprawled around the, across the wood, his face in a puddle of liqueur, snoring his head off. <laughs> I nudge his shoulder. Get up, I say loudly, because I've learned there's no subtle way to wake up. 
His snoring stopped for a moment, questionably, then resumes. I push him harder. Get up, Hamish, it's tour day. I force the window up, inhaling deep breaths of clean air outside. My feet shift through the garbage on the floor, and I unearth the tin coffee pot and fill it to the sink. Stove is completely out, and I manage to cox a few live coals into the flame. Pour some ground coffee into the pot, enough to make sure the result brewing will be good and strong, and set it on the stove to boil. Okay, we'll finish this book too. Um, Hamish is still dead to the world. Since nothing else has worked, I fill the bathroom with icy cold water, dump it on his head, and spring out of the way. A gurgled animal sound comes from his throat. He jumps up, kicking his chair ten feet behind him, and wields a knife. Thought he always leaves with one clutch in his hand. Should have pried it from his finger, but I've had a lot on my mind. Spewing profanity, he slashes the air a few moments before coming to his senses. He lifts his face on his slur- on his sheath. <laughs> on his shirt sleeve. On his, on his sleeve. <laughs> just combine. On his shirt sleeve. And turns the window so where I perch just in case I need to make a quick exit. What are you doing? He sputters. You told me to wake you an hour before the cameras come. I say, what? He says, your idea, I insist. He seems to remember. Why am I all wet? Couldn't shake you away. I say, look, if you wanted to be baby, you should have asked PETA. Ask me what? The sound of his voice twists my stomach in a knob of unpleasant emotions like guilt, sadness, and fear, and longing. I might as well admit there's something to that. Only it is too much competition to ever win out. Ooh. Ooh. We finished on page 14. So we had a lot more than three pages today. Eight pages. Eight pages. So we started on page No, page five. Page started on page four. We started on page six. Page six. And we ended on page 14. Let me finish page 14. So eight pages. Eight pages. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Then we read six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. So ten pages. Seconds. Yeah. I don't know where you got eight from. We said we started on page six. We did start we started on page six. But we didn't get to page sixteen. We got to page fourteen. No, we read all page six. Like we like the first page we read was page six. So we read page six, read yeah. page seven, read page eight, page nine, page ten, page eleven, page twelve, page thirteen, page fourteen. It's nine. That's nine. We were both wrong. What? Both anyway, thank you so much as always. Listen to more. 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 Send your questions to her email. Yes, I will put that in the description of yes. the actual show. Yes. Send, of, us, send us fan mail. We like fan mail. We love fan mail. We love all of you international fans and yes. fans. That shout out love. shout out to Kaylin in Germany. Yes. She's a big fan. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, email me at morebookquestions at gmail.com. So see you next time. Bye.